is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello and good news, everybody. Welcome back to me and to you after a very long break. I dropped away off the podcast earth, as you may have noticed. I passed away uh, for what was supposed to be just the holidays, but instead became three months and uh, and now I'm a ghost, I guess. A ghost with a podcast. So hello and thank you for still listening if you are. I'm calling this season two now. That way it sounds official and on purpose that I took an insanely long break. Uh, and the way it'll probably be from now on it will be a bi-weekly episode as opposed to a weekly episode. So the stories may not always be brand new, but they'll always be nice. Gosh dang it. Uh, okay, you guys get it. I'm back, Jack. And it'll be every other week that I'm back. My um, guest this week is one of the best humans. He's so funny and genuine and nice and delightful. A real shoe-in for the good news. It's Peter Banifaz. You can see Peter all over the place. On the screen, on the stage, on the street, wearing probably a cool jacket. If you live in LA, catch him on Herald Night at UCB with the team Queen George. If you live not in LA, but you have a TV, you can watch him in season eight of Shameless, y'all. Uh, look him up, people. Listen to him here and then go find him. Also, as always, on a separate note, if you like to shop on Amazon, you can use my little link by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash hello and good news. Click on that little, little icon in the corner, the support our artist button, and that'll take you over and away to Amazon where you can shop around like all of us do on Amazon all the time. Okay, this is enough. This is enough of this. Let's talk about some good news. 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 Hello. Good news. I think it's time we had some freaking real good news. Hi, hello, and good news, everybody. Here we are. I'm with Peter Banifaz. Um, he's here. He's in my apartment. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here in the apartment. <laughs> uh, hot take. We've already done this one time, and then true to true to form, uh, like any most other times, I fucked up the recording. Um, so we're doing a new one. But don't worry, he still hasn't he hasn't heard any of the stories because I found new ones and they're hip. They're hip new stories. Right. So this is, technically it's as if we've never really done it. Is. Show. It is. It's yeah. as if we've never really done it. I didn't even need to tell you guys, but I'm an honest person, so I can never I can never lie. <laughs> uh, what is it a lie if you don't tell someone something that they wouldn't have even known? Is it? Uh it's more um uh withholding information. Yeah. And I, I guess, think that can become a lie at at a certain point. I guess it's also like the relationship. It's like if you're right. withholding information that's important from like your husband, that yes. sucks. That does suck. But if you're holding, informa <laughs> if you're holding information from your uh, listeners, no, actually, no. You know what? Um, I don't know. I take back what I said. <laughs> I I really don't know which one. Everything's a lie. No, uh, oh, everything definitely is a lie. In life. <laughs> I think withholding. Yeah. I mean, the point is, I just didn't want you guys to think, wow, these guys are so on. Have they ever sat in a room together before? And me be like, no, 
This is the first time. You well, guys, we've I've told Peter news stories before. We've been together in bars <laughs> That's a lot. That's true. So. So, uh, and um, also, I just really think it's very funny that the last time we did this, we were just holding microphones and talking into them and they weren't on for like a good while. <laughs> and no one will ever be able to hear that except for us and our prop microphones. Um, okay, we're going to get started. I have stories. I have good news for you. Okay, this one, I actually saw this on Twitter today. Uh, this guy, Jamal Cole, he started this thing called My Block. Uh, my Block, My Hood, My City. And he's been all over Twitter the past, like, past couple of days because um, he lives in Chicago. He actually was homeless at one point and uh, then like got his stop being homeless and got got a good life together he just being homeless. <laughs> and then he quit he right. said i'm done here i think i, I wish more homeless people would just decide just quit. to quit no, to really stick it to the man and quit yeah but no but i'm sorry go ahead uh he so he got he he got his he got everything together he then he started this program called my block my hood my city which or just also uh, maybe it's just called my block. Um, but it, no, it's called my block. It's the whole thing. My block, my hood, my city. Um, and it's where he helps teenagers overcome poverty and isolation by boosting uh, educational attainment and opening like basically big field trips throughout all the parts of Chicago that maybe they don't get to experience. Like sometimes he'll they'll go uh try different uh restaurants like in the different cultural parts of chicago they'll go to art museums they'll do uh culinary stuff entrepreneur stuff uh health important and they'll and then he also does like a lot of volunteer they do service stuff um and like the whole point is just teaching uh interconnectivity empathy and civic res responsibility which uh is so great i mean Empathy. I could talk about empathy forever. I've talked to you about empathy. It's the best. I think oh, we've talked about it forever. Forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is great news. Yeah. Um. And he. So. Oh. So the past couple of days, he just threw up a thing on Twitter that was like, because it snowed. There was a bunch of snow. I always forget that that's happening. At, like still in other places, because we live in California and I live in a tiny little bubble. I forget that weather. Right, it's, and it's still like, happening because it's it's February. It's, it's still happening. It's nighttime and it's February and it's like sixty three degrees. Yeah, yeah. And in so. other places, it's nighttime in February and it's minus six hundred. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's exactly crazy. It's really crazy. Uh, so he threw up a thing on Twitter like, "I'm gonna shovel for all of the seniors tomorrow." Uh, email me. If you're elderly, also everybody come out and help. And he just like shoveled whole neighborhoods with big groups of people. That's great. And even an old lady came out to help. Wow. I feel like old lady. Is that the right? Is that kind of like a is that, is not, that not a sensitive way? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I guess like it was. I would imagine it would be the same as like calling someone an old guy or old right. dude. But like I'm a guy, and one day I'll be old, and I can't picture that. I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't knows? know. Maybe. I'm not there yet, so maybe I shouldn't say. But uh, one day when I'm an old woman, <laughs> I'll know. Um, yeah. So I I just think that's... I just love stories of people. My favorite ones that I find are people who like have really been through it. And then 
like make uh, an awesome organization and like really get their communities involved and especially with younger people like really try and change it around and be a positive uh influence i think that is great no definitely um especially for uh, uh is he from the south side of uh, chicago uh i think so let me look let me uh i'm pretty sure yeah you know, yeah for an area that's sort of really suffering from violence and sort of like pretty much uh like government neglect you know yeah it's it's areas that are greatly neglected in proportion to like you know richer upper income areas yeah uh and then yeah I, that, they need more stuff like that because like the government sort of the government uh uh programs i don't think work the same as much as these sort of grassroots people that are sort of locally doing their thing and trying to like uplift their uh their communities that's yeah, yeah that's absolutely. awesome absolutely and that's yeah it always takes somebody that like has seen the shit and like mm-hmm. been there to like really be able to appreciate it and like like make a difference yeah um you know they're able to see the bigger picture yeah that is great news um, i think uh this is a sidebar but i was thinking of an idea here's my new script treatment you guys oh nice okay <laughs> it's a good segue uh- <laughs> Uh, back to Hollywood, everyone. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I think they're trying to work on it. Do you remember the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they are like, I'm pretty sure this is real, that they're trying to figure out how to erase painful memories. Um, and I was thinking about if that happened, the world would end up being so messed up because nobody would ever have empathy because I feel like half of the way that you are able to relate and empathize is by like understanding what it's like to feel pain. And if nobody ever felt pain, that would be a crazy world because you, and it would also only be rich people probably who could afford to erase their memories. So it'd be like, even a, this is my, uh, this is my sci-fi movie. guys. There'd be an even bigger, well, like disparity gap between rich people. Cause they literally, I feel like sometimes because of their lifestyle, like really wealthy people can't understand, uh, or empathize with like poverty, but it would be even more so if you've never, you don't know that you've ever experienced pain and people would just constantly fuck up. That's true. People would be constantly fucking up. Because, like, you wouldn't have your own like internal moral compass to stop you from fucking other people up. I guess. Yeah. But you know what? And burning yourself. And all burning the time. yourself. <laughs> and, and lighting yourself on fire. Uh, no, but honestly, uh, I feel like so much of that is like you almost gotta learn how to be empathetic from an early age because mm-hmm. it's like I feel like there's people who have gone through a lot of shit who become bitter and become kind of the opposite and sort of like well i had to go through this so fuck yeah. you and the people who haven't gone through shit sort of like they don't understand sort of like they don't have that consciousness of yeah. empathy but then i feel like i like i consider myself a pretty empathetic person but like i remember my mom actively always telling me like if i said something about like a neighbor or a friend or something like, oh this that i hate this person for this reason or this that she was always trying to sort of play the devil's advocate and say yeah. hey, don't forget what this person's probably going through in their own life and like yeah and you kind of bi- helps like help me build that, you yeah. know. Um, always in the movies, you see somebody that's like doesn't give a fuck about anybody else, yeah. and then like something happens, and then suddenly like <laughs> hmm, like has that mo- he or she has that moment, and then yeah. like they start saving dogs and children, yeah. and like I was like I was like I, I, that probably doesn't happen in real life. Like yeah, if you're like f- like. Like, Donald Trump could never develop empathy. He'll never it's, save a bunch of dogs. It's, no, never. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I... It's too late for him. It is. 
I also feel like he's got like some. He's a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. But like stuff maybe not. On. Yeah, I don't think that's even like the best uh, example because we got to talk about someone that's actually sane. <laughs> Sane of mind and Sane body. Is human. that an expression? Sane of mind and body. Sound of mind and body. Yeah. And he's, I don't think he's either. I I, I, I agree. Um, But I think, I I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it happens in, in real life. I hope so. I almost just said, it does happen in real life. Remember the movie Up? But I... <laughs> Remember that, the animated movie Up? It happens. <laughs> Couldn't be any closer to my real life. Everything is... But, um... But no, Jamal, yeah. Jamal Cole, he's a real life one. Shout out to Jamal. That's awesome, dude. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Uh, it's been life. around for a couple of years now, too, which is cool. That's awesome. Um, That's why you call a real life like Santa Claus or like a real life like, mm-hmm. I don't know, what's another like giving? A real life Easter bunny. A real life. A real life Easter bunny. <laughs> I guess real life Easter bunny. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, no, but that's awesome. Yeah. Jamal Cole is saving the world. Um, and he has his own song too. <laughs> it's uh-huh, a very it. self-congratulatory song. Like, I'm Jamal Cole and I'm saving, saving the, world. the world. Do you appreciate me? <laughs> uh, but no, that that's we. I certainly do appreciate him. Yes, same over here. Same. Okay, next story. <laughs> nice. I'm great at segues. I like. Yeah, no, I like these segues. They're, they're sort of raw and edgy. Yeah. It's not and a real segue. It's just sort of a <laughs> on next, to the next one. Well, now what topic. I've started doing is playing jazz music between each one uh, to really help myself out for or help the listeners out anyway. Like shut up, yep, not scat jazz. <laughs> I had a scat solo in high school once, and it was bad. It's so weird that there's like two definitions of scat, and they couldn't be more different than each other. Like <laughs> yes. one is like but boo, the other one's just like ooh, rub that shit on my chest, baby. Like it's so uh, could not be more different from each other. No, no, uh, no offense to anybody who's into that. Stuff. Yeah, you guys scat all you want. <laughs> Have your kids been scatting in here again? It smells like shit. Then I boo, then I be boo, 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 boo. Okay, what else? Where's my other thing? Oh, this kid. Oh, did I close my tab? I closed the tab. Okay, hold on. Uh, stop, Hannah, stop. This kid, end quote. <laughs> did I close my tab? So a, guy me, wa- so a little boy walks into a bar, forgets to close out his tab. <laughs> All right, this kid, um, he, so Puerto Rico, Puerto, Jesus Christ, Puerto Rico Oof. is still, uh, like, Still without power and still in a bad way in a lot of places. Oh, and everything is so crazy right now yes. that like we are distracted by the fact that literally this country still doesn't have like basic, basic resources. Basic stuff. Yeah. No, Fuck, mostly so just even electricity. I mean, I mean, that's like uh, how are they running hospitals and how are they running? I mean, it, oh man, shout out to Puerto Rico, man. I Yes. Really, oh, man. Yeah, I, I, if I didn't have power or any, anything, if LA, if this happened to LA, I can't even imagine. I, I mean, honestly, again, when shout I'm, out to Puerto Rico it, it, that they've been able to maintain this long. Because if it was LA, people would have been choking each other to death. Yes. Like, everybody in LA would be dead by now. Like, oh, everyone would be. be insane. And we'd be zombies entire... from eating each other's blood. Exactly. There would be, it would be chaos. The zombies <laughs> would be eating each other's liquid blood. 
That's how insane <laughs> shit would get. And this, these, this entire country is like li- somehow maintaining like basic civility. Yeah. But, uh, without having the most basic. Necessity. Man, oh God, I hate, 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 hate the Trump administration. <laughs> but no, I'm so sorry. No, this is about, this is about. This is about uh, a dope kid in Puerto Rico. Oh, very nice. So don't worry. Good, good. Donald Trump isn't even in this story. Um, I'm not even going to bring him up again. Uh, well, I had him waiting outside, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, a teen... Because we're at Mar-a-Lago right now, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's just waiting outside, playing night golf. Lava, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, okay, so, for, so this kid is 15 years old. Um, and he's, I mean, he lives in Puerto Rico, so he has experienced this, but he was able, like where he was at, was able to get back on its feet pretty quickly. Um, he lives with his family in, uh, San Juan and he then was like, wow, wait, hold on. There's still so many people who don't have power. Um, People are living in places without roofs and made of tarps and all this stuff. So he decided, uh, I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to do something. Um, He's in ninth grade. He started a crowdfunding campaign on the platform Generosity. His goal was to raise $100,000 and use the money to buy uh, portable solar lamps and hand-operated washing machines. Um, He's raised... Hand-operated washing machine? What is that? I was thinking... um, my mind went back to like the black and white uh, cartoons where it's like the, and this is not what it is, but the washboards is what I immediately thought of. But right. I think it's like a, it's like a, a salad spinner, but for clothes wash. Yeah. It's this giant you know what? salad spinner. <laughs> he got all these salad spinners. God, what a great kid they, they he got. They work for lettuce. It was, uh, sure, it works for clothes. No, that that's awesome. I'm going uh, to, no, it's okay. I also, when I was reading this, I let that imagery go through my head without like actually thinking about what um, hand operated washing machine. It is. It's a salad spinner. I was right. Um, nice. No, it's I mean, it's yeah, it's like a it's a tub mm. and there's a crank and you and you crank. Right, right. <laughs> and that's and uh, crank, and you crank <laughs> and then you get to eat dinner. Um, he first crank, then eat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he so he so did that, he, and then... he has donated uh, over fourteen hundred solar lamps to almost eight hundred and forty households. Now he has another sixteen hundred lamps that he's about to distribute. Um, he started doing this in November, um, and he went. Basically, what happened was like he went to the first town that he heard had no power, and then it became like a telephone game where people from other towns would hear what he was doing. And then they would get added to the list uh, for the next distribution. He here's the thing: he's going to school still, and he does this on the weekends. So um, he fifty bucks he, says they're going to option this kid's story and make a movie out of it, um, and it's going to get nominated for some type of award. Hollywood. And they're not going to cast me. <laughs> I promise you, they won't cast me. Damn it. No, that's, that's really awesome. It's so crazy when you're like, how old is he again? Sorry. 15. Like, Ninth grade. When I was 15, I was like such a fucking piece of shit. I would have yeah. never thought about like, this kid is like suddenly at this age, like not only just like, again, talking about the level of empathy and like yeah. compassion. And then also like having that like entrepreneur like sense uh, that, yeah. yeah, that's like so damn impressive. It's amazing. I, it, 
I yeah. So crazy that at his age, he's like I got to do something. Like mm-hmm. not like oh, I hope someone does something about it because I'm a kid. You know what, what kind of yeah. That's awesome. He's gonna be the next president of Puerto Rico. Yeah, he's the next president. Peter called it. He wins the bets. I win the bets. <laughs> uh, there is an unknown bet of who the next <laughs> president of Puerto Rico will be in 2035. <laughs> I think I won it. Uh, no, but so again, I cut you off like a terrible guest. No, that's why you're here. You're I, I invite nice. <laughs> I invite people so that Let they... Let me speak. Otherwise... So when I... <laughs> whenever I'm uh, at a party, I like to... Excuse me, I have to close my tab. I, yeah, if you weren't here, I would just... I did one episode where I had a guest cancel and I was like, well, I have to get it done. And I did it by myself and it I sounded insane. It was the weirdest episode in the world. Because you kept cutting yourself off. Yeah, because I kept... <laughs> I turned into, into five argument. personalities. Yeah. yeah, got into an argument with yourself. Um, no, great. Mm-mm-mm. So again, and what was this young man's name again? I'm so sorry. Uh, Salvador Gomez. Salvador Gomez, we mm-hmm. salute you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, again, when I was 15, I was just like, I don't know. Fucking- I was worried about freaking like boys and uh, like. Um, I was so mad too. I feel like I was just mad all the time. <laughs> I wasn't trying to help. I was just like wearing Jinko jeans and being a mad, <laughs> mad, <laughs> being really mad. Yeah. Well, cause I also, I feel like 15 is the time when you start to realize that the world is not that, uh, all wonderful. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. And I feel like looking back on some of the stuff I wrote when I was 15, like just even my like English papers, I remember looking through them one time and I'm like, materialism and the world is so awful. And I feel like that's when everybody realizes that shit isn't that great. But instead of being a moody teenager about it, he's like, yeah, we should all be better people. Let's. Well, I was worse at 15 instead of like materialism. I was probably like, I want that paper. I want a Ferrari. I want a fucking, you know. Ferrari. I did want a Ferrari. Who doesn't want a Ferrari? Nobody doesn't. You're a liar. You're withholding. My mom is the only person on earth that doesn't want a Ferrari. Yeah. Well, she's probably withholding from you. Yes. And that's maybe a lie. She's withholding a Ferrari. (laughs) That's why she doesn't want one. She already has one. Yeah. She doesn't doesn't want to tell tell me about it. No, she, I've I've seen her garage. She doesn't have it. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> Fine. Well, I'm going to take pictures. I promise you, she does not own an Italian sports car. Segway. Rubbing on my chest. And that's the new song. And here we are. Next story is about... Okay, well, I already told you a little... I already told you this one. So I guess I was lying in the beginning. Last time that none of you guys heard Peter and I talk together, (laughs) we talked... The the unheard of tapes. (laughs) We talked about how uh, Fort Worth is um, basically employing homeless people to help clean up the city, and they get paid $10 an hour. Oh, wow. Um, They get to... uh, they become like an actual uh, employee and then from there they're able to move on and get other work because that's, I mean, that's just such a huge part of like the issue is it's really hard to get work if you are homeless and it's like hard to just get that first step. So cities, uh, so Fort Worth has like a program 
where they're employing people and there's statistics. I lost all of them. We talked so many stats last time, you guys. You'll never hear it because I lost them. <laughs> but, but they're there. But they are there in the world. Um, like the dollar amount that you spend towards employing people in these programs, the city ends up making back more than that because the amount of money it costs to have a higher homeless population and uh, help fund the shelters and all of that ends up being more than uh, it ends up being more than if they paid people $10 an hour to do things like uh, city uh, cleaning up and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. And Denver is also doing the same thing, which is cool. Nice. So city programs are, it's called are on the, on the, on the come up. Yeah. Now my question is this. Yes. For and not to be a skeptic, but for the people who are for okay, what is the equivalent pay for what these homeless people are doing? Like, is it ten dollars? Because I wonder, like, if they're doing like something that somebody would be paid like eighteen or twenty dollars for, oh, and they're doing it for saying. ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, almost now, I it almost makes sense why the city's doing it. Like, right. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry. Just when I talk about finance like this, I start to cough. No. <laughs> Um, I get a little wheezy. I get a little wheezy. Let me look up minimum wage in Fort Worth. So I'm wondering, but, yeah, is that a or, or not even minimum non, wage? Yeah, it like be what mi- if like for what they're doing, job. there's a certain standard. Mm-hmm. Let's say, um, I wonder if then the government's kind of basically saving a lot of money by allowing you know by basically underpaying people. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, then I could totally see the benefits. So I guess I'm just playing. Devil's yeah. Advocate, yeah. film starring Al Pacino and Fiona Reeves. <laughs> um, yeah, so which uh, which I appreciate. Um, I didn't even think about that. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of like a it's ten f- uh, minimum wage in Fort Worth is ten fifty. Ten fifty. So I wonder what. So like, and the specifics of what they're doing. Like, so it's one. So cleaning up is one thing, but maintenance is another thing. So yeah, maintenance, maintenance is maybe I pulled wait. the word maintenance out of the ether, trying to think of a word for cleaning up. Okay, so <laughs> and I guess maintenance and cleaning up are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So you know I, can, I mean? okay. So I mean, like yeah. City, what I can't think of the word that I'm trying to think of, but it's like, um, it it not i guess janitorial a little bit but i would say like that style of entry-level job where you are uh cleaning up picking up the types of stuff that they have like when you're doing community service sure, sure. and all okay. that um but they're getting paid and then they also but it's more than that it's not just like go clean up all these tra- all this trash because that also sounds um not that great but then they go into like training like they also get job training for more specific things yeah, it's and, like a whole program and also hopefully you know if then let's say my the only problem is though when you let's say you go and get a job after let's say I'm homeless they give me this opportunity I take it do it but then I still don't have a place. So when I go to the next place to get a job, and when they say like, "Well, you know, what you know, address and phone number," I'm like, "Well, I have neither of those." Yeah. But I do have like references, like yeah. So like, it's it's a part of a whole um it for for Fort Worth anyway. Uh, Denver, I I don't know as much, but for Fort Worth, 
the Clean Slate program, it's with the Presbyterian Night Shelter. So it's like a full encompassing thing where oh, people are in cool. the night shelter. They get involved with um, not only like having a shelter and then getting permanent housing. And then they also get involved. They like uh, get incorporated into the workforce there. So they have housing through the shelter and the workforce. And then they also uh, the Presbyterian Night Shelter is like a full full on thing where eventually you move into like um what's the word assist it not uh, assisted living but uh the step between shelter housing and like your own gotcha you gotcha. know what i mean yeah. um like the women's shelter in downtown la has that and i can't so it's think of the night word. shelter it's what I said? Night shelter? uh presbyterian night shelter in uh, Fort Worth. Yeah, um this is such a stupid segue but uh not, when you keep saying night shelter i kept thinking about night show that's Looking a song by Travis Scott. Show. Anything can happen at the, <laughs> the night, night show. <laughs> Anything can happen at the, the night, night shelter. shelter. At the <laughs> night shelter. Um, what a terrible bit. And what a terrible way to sort of like interrupt something that's actually important that is Not helping a lot of people. Um, that's pretty cool doing something like that in Fort Worth. Um, I wonder if at the scale of how many homeless people we have in L.A., mm-hmm. It would be possible to do it here. Or maybe someone like San Francisco. I just recently went up to San Francisco for uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. And the homeless situation over there is the worst I've ever seen it there. And, I, and, I'm, yeah. and I've been going to San Francisco ever since I was a kid. And, like, I'd never seen it like this. Like, yeah. it is, I mean, you got people acting fucking bonkers in the street. And mm-hmm. people are just absolutely desensitized to it. Like, just yeah. walking by. Like, I mean, like. Like, people are invisible, which is the, that's. Right. I, it's so, so, it's just like. That is, and you know, I, I talked to a friend of mine who out, out uh, who lived out there. She's like, dude, it feels like the city's doing nothing about it. Like, you know, everything is just so, all the sort of the the, the scale of how they're trying to help these people is minuscule yes. compared to the scale of how many people there actually are. So it's like, I I would I wonder what it would take to work a sort of like a um, work a situation like that's happening in, in Fort Worth in a place like San Francisco when you got like probably yeah. triple the people. Yeah. But well, and uh, cities like San Francisco are a whole nother deal because the cost of living there is uh, like astronomical. Right. You give them 10 bucks an hour. They're like, cool. Thanks. I can buy Thank a you. sandwich and a stick of double mint. Because <laughs> double mint One costs $10 st- there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and that's like p- probably why, I mean, is definitely why there's just a huge spike in homelessness here too. And, but especially San Francisco, Seattle, because all those, all those freaking tech companies are there right. and everyone's making buku dollars. And then, uh, and then everything costs, it costs so much money. To live. Buku. I, I literally, I went, I was there for the weekend and I made a f- million, buku. Dollars. <laughs> a thousand million. That's literally what I would say. But you know, I mean, the thing is, it's, runs even deeper than just like an economic social for sure you're dealing with people like a lot of these people like are like probably again like i think you and i talked about it before like like a lot of these homeless people are like what like couple of like months of like you know like uh, medicine and sort of like treatment away from like at least living semi-normal lives you know so it's kind of like is it an issue of just like People don't have money and become homeless, and then this is how it is. Or and or people are just become drug addicts and become homeless. Or people who are, it, it's there's so many different yeah, reasons. Yeah, it's and so it's, multifaceted. It's like right. Uh, One is like basically create some type of way to get people who don't have money for treatment mm-hmm. to get treatment for any type of substance abuse, so they don't end up on the street. Mm-hmm. Another would be 
probably to have some type of financial safety guards for people who end up losing their job and living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly losing everything. And then another one where it's just like basically helping people who don't have money get very much needed mental health care so that yes. they don't, you know, lose everything. So yeah. it's just like, it's, th- it's such a complicated process. It's crazy complicated. And I think the answer is to have a new country i it's like the type of thing where it runs so deep and there's so many different issues like even um when cities do a great job at like coming up with a solution that can encompass a lot of it like this and this isn't even the city this is privately like the presbyterian night shelter is not um like any sort of government entity but even that that seems like it's like okay it's covering uh shelter and work and training like that still is not going to be the answer for probably more than half of the homeless population. It'll help a huge portion of it, but not all, because all of it is like, so it all, each case is individualized, right. you know, individual. Individual. The, <laughs> um, each case is indivisible. It's indivisible. indivisible and sometimes it feels like each case is invisible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, queen. Uh, it feels like sort of it's a, it's a weird way to segue into that uh, from this conversation, but it, it really does feel like like these are the sort of like forgotten people of society mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, it, they're just homeless, you know. Yeah. It, it's which is crazy because it can happen so easily. It's it's like in some cases it's an ongoing thing, and in some cases it's like, uh, especially with the women's uh, homeless population, like a lot of times it's women who stopped working because their entire lives was their family and their husband and then their husband left them or they have an abusive husband or something happened to their family. They had hospital bills and then all of a sudden they they, they haven't been in the workforce forever that's, and then they're just out, you know. That's a great point. I feel like especially for women it hits them the hardest because yeah. you know, so many women are probably in that situation of they don't end up walking out of an abusive relationship mm-hmm. because they don't want their and the child to be on the street. You yeah. know, like, damn, that, that, oh man, that's so fucking sad. It's, and it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It happens all over the world. And it's it happens way. like in the third world countries and then, and it happens all the time here in what is supposed to be, you know, the, 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 the marquee country yeah. on this earth to live in, I guess. Like the Hollywood of the world. The, we're the, wow, you're right. We're the Hollywood <laughs> of the world. We're literally the George Clooney of, yeah. of if, if the, if the entire globe was Hollywood. a list of A-list actors, we're George we'd Clooney. Be George Clooney and Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm tired of Meryl. I feel tired of her. I feel... Doesn't she get tired? I mean, like, she's got incredible amount of energy. Like, she's yeah. constantly working. Always. And she gets nominated for every dang thing. Like, I don't think that she needed to have Best Actress nomination for Into the Woods. One thing, though... Oh, she added that for Into the Woods? Yes. One thing, though... <laughs> uh, one thing, though... I Like, in sports, like, the best team every year is going to win. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how sick people get of them. It doesn't matter right. how many times they were. I kind of like the fact where it's like, if you were one of the best of the year, like you should be nominated. You know, like yeah. So like, it would suck if it gets to a point where it's like, well, she's been nominated too many times. Like that would get way too. That would make it even more political and even more just the opinion based sort of like. Yeah. 
even though it already isn't opinion based, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like even though yeah, it's kind of like okay, we've we've seen you enough, Meryl Streep, like in this sort of we've position. We've seen you enough. I mean, at least in this <laughs> position of winning an award, but it's almost like she's doing the best work. Well, at least one of the best work of the year. It's like yeah, it's nice that like if you're doing that type of work, always getting. A little nod. Nod. And I'm sure at this point she doesn't give a rat's ass if she wins or not. I'm sure, I mean, she'll be like, okay, that's that's nice. But I don't think she loses sleep over it. No. Also, this is another sidebar. I feel like having her as a mom must be crazy. Definitely. (laughs) Growing up with a Meryl Streep as a mom. Woo. Talk about being 15 and being mad. (laughs) Well, you're talking to the right person because my mom is Meryl Street, and it was very hard. And I want to see what her garage looks like. Uh, our garage <laughs> is huge, and it's filled with her awards and all these autograph pictures of her in the film Kramer vs. Kramer. Ah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure why Still I chose no that for mobile. I couldn't think. I literally couldn't think of a single one of her films <laughs> when it came down to it. <laughs> so Kramer versus Kramer, but she was great in that. Yeah, I've never seen it still. I think I was having a day where I was like, I'm going to watch that and watched like 15 minutes of it. And then was like, actually, I don't think today is the day. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, I don't want to bring this up, but I am so disappointed in Dustin Hoffman. What, uh, so incredibly disappointed. I've always know. been. I just covered my mic. I don't know. Really? You no, I, I haven't been paying it. Is it a new one? It I just... was a situation. I mean, without going too much into it, it was a situation where. Uh, a PA on on set or something like that had had accused him of like inappropriate behavior, and then, like a month later, some other people came out and, and mm. accused him of inappropriate behavior that was far more inappropriate than the behavior he was accused of earlier. Uh-oh. And it's, it's just so it's just kind of like, ugh, it's just so disappointing. All these That's people that it, yeah. you like admire, yeah. I mean, the only thing I could chalk it up to is like, I guess. Men of that time were absolutely clueless on what is right and wrong. I guess, I, yeah. mean, I don't know. Like they just didn't understand like what is wrong. I mean, but then again, how do you then, not understand you not? what is yeah. morally? No, I mean that's what it is. It, it has to be to a point where it's like that. I, I it, think that they do understand, but at the time it was like that. Until the last while, right and wrong. Even wrong is considered right if you're the certain type of man. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe yeah. Maybe no it's consequences. Such a sense of entitlement. Yes, that they can't even fathom that this is improper behavior or it's yes. just everything's in good. Oh, I, oh, it's just in good fun. Or I mean, I don't right. know. I really can't. But to be an adult, not even adult, to be over the age of like sixteen and not understand that that type of behavior is like unacceptable under any circumstance. Yeah. I well, don't know. I, I do think that's a real, uh, I think a l- so many things about the Me Too movement is really positive. And then also sidebar, Meryl Streep, there's so much stuff out there about like, oh, Meryl Streep knew all about the Weinstein stuff. And she didn't, there's like a whole thing on that too. But I don't, uh, uh, that aside. Um, but a lot of people like when, when people say that too, it's, it, it, it's kind of like, I, do, I mean, I don't know exactly what she knew, what she didn't know, but the idea of you like, don't talk. this man was really powerful too. The idea of what do you, what do you want these women to do? Or right. the, people, the, the women who, who knew, like, let's say, if they knew, what do you want to do? Like, like I'm going to give up my fucking, yeah. Like, yeah. The, already if people, people showed us how hard it is for women to make money in this country compared to a man. 
Yes. And so a lot of times women are forced to make decisions or not make decisions based on literally being able to like save their own ass financially. Maybe she was like, hey, if I come out and say, I think this guy harassed women or this guy did this to women, she was afraid maybe her career would be over and like, who's going to fucking pay her bills who's yeah. gonna fly? i mean like so like people gotta understand that like there's no part of my body there's no part of my brain that thinks no part of my body either <laughs> no part of my sexy body <laughs> that thinks that mail street knew exactly what this guy was doing yeah. and was complicit and said who cares yeah, like i'm I doing my no yeah. fucking way yeah no yeah. fucking it, it's this type of it's so all of a sudden the same people are going like oh well uh if she knew you know why did she go to someone's house late night right like, well I don't know, man, because she knows she's a woman and she knows that, like, unfortunately in this world... Because of uh, a whole slew of other reasons that are uh, messed up, that have right, been ingrained. Right, in- That are in, in, either in completely ingrained in her to the yeah. point that, like, she didn't feel like she had a choice or yes. that because this industry we are in is a fucking... There's a lot of disgusting things that happen. So it's just yeah. kind of like... I'm always for... Like, I'm always the first person to say, like, people got to take responsibility for their own actions. But at the same time, people got to understand that sometimes people's actions are based on the need to live like and survive. survive and yeah. like, like, yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I think that a thing that is uh, great about the Me Too thing is that it is changing the conversation that we're having like with men and what like I read a really interesting article about rape culture from the point of view of a guy saying like the the world is, and this was way before the Me Too thing started to start, but about how ingrained, how rape culture is ingrained in your brain as a young man from such a young age in movie scenes in like, he like was bringing up all these pop culture things that are just like in your face at all times. And it's like, how do we, he wasn't defending men at all, but my thought was like, how do we expect men to be better if we never, have these conversations or like treat them like in star wars harrison ford uh uh princess leia's like no i don't want to be kissed i don't want to no no stop it and he forces her against the wall and makes out with her and she's like uh and that's like seen as uh one of the big romantic scenes in the movie and that's in so many old movies it's like we've just been teach subtly teaching this rape culture forever and expecting and it's like uh i'm not defending bad dudes at all but like the the dichotomy of being taught no this is wrong and then seeing in pop culture but this is sexy like just the back and forth of it i feel like we're finally getting to a point where well clearly you you support harvey weinstein yes first of I, all. And, God, you call uh, me. where 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 are my keys <laughs> no, i'm leaving no uh, um uh Here's the thing, though. Like, I completely understand that. Um, yeah, I definitely think overall in the culture, the culture needs a shift in, in how uh, how men should view women um, in, in terms of, like, in relationships, in terms of, like, a day-to-day life. But it also, like, there's some of this shit is just, like, it's pretty you, you basic know. human, human stuff. stuff. Like, yes, if you're not, if you need it to be broken down to you, you... you you probably fucking weren't raised right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, um, bless my parents, because there was not a single day in my life that I've I, I don't know. I've 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 never been under any. I've never been under any uh, in any situation where I. Yeah, 
The, uh, I'm at, I don't know why I'm at a loss of words right no, now. No, like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's like a. It's hard to explain. The, it's hard to explain. It's kind of going like you see cars coming and like uh, and like trying to explain to someone, trying to talk to someone who's like asking you, why shouldn't I walk like right in the freeway during like. Yeah. Uncle? It's like, well, that's it's almost Didn't common it, sense. If someone no tells one taught you, you how to I don't want to do this thing. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't, if someone tells you, I don't want to do this thing yeah. or I'm not comfortable yeah. or like, not, not just that. People don't even have, like we're human beings. We are supposed to understand each other's body yeah. language very well. Yeah, you can be with someone, and just from their body language, they will let you know what what's they up? are. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, and it, it, unless you, there is an issue, unless there is some kind of mental issue, yeah, kind of emotional issue, you shouldn't be picking this stuff up. Yes, even when I was a kid, even when I was like a young guy, like pick it up. You you it, you could pick it up. <laughs> Pick it up. Yeah. I do. Uh, yes, I agree 100%. In my mind, it's like, come on, guys. Like, but right. then the other hand is like, who, I mean, what, how the hell were you raised? Like, what is going on? We need to be having more conversations and bringing up, like, just, I'm, I'm glad about the Me Too moment. Definitely. Definitely. That's the, what this. That's what we're trying to say. We're glad. We're glad. Skid it do 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 do. Okay, now we're to hometown news. Um, Peter's from a lot of different places. I mean, I guess not a ton. That makes it sound like you're an army brat. I was you? born in many different places. <laughs> um, okay, last time, again, you guys don't know about this conversation. Peter Secret is from... Secret tapes. <laughs> uh, I just feel like I always say this wrong. Tehran? Tehran, yeah, yeah. Tehran. I just say it like a girl who's from rural America. No, don't... <laughs> Don't even be self-conscious about it. That's um, you're basically pronouncing it the way it's spelled in yes. this country. So that's, <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so last time we talked about uh, a little bit about crazy protests and stuff that are is going on there right now. Um, one of the things I brought up um, was. Do you remember the girl I was telling you about who took off her hijab yeah, and right, waved right. it like a flag right. in protest? And during our conversation, I was like, and now they don't know where she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully everything is, she was just arrested. She was just arrested. Mm. She is. And then she made her bail and is released. And since this time, this movement has started called the Girls of Revolutionary Street. And it's all over like a ton of women are doing this. And they're going out with a white hijab and and it's a peaceful protest. And they basically are getting arrested with um, civil disobedience, I think. And I mean, the bail is insane. Like everything about the arrests is still crazy, but they're only getting arrested. And um, the Iran uh, Civil Rights um, Center is like uh, involved in this. And it's also been pop- like the fact that it's on social media because there was a period there where it was like internet shutdown was happening right. so that nothing was getting out. Um, I just think it's cool that these young women and young people, and I've also seen dudes doing it. Like some of the pictures even show guys doing it. And it's not saying 
it's not saying it's just saying like let this not be no longer like a compulsory law right, right and there's also a woman coming forward saying like i love wearing my hijab like this means something to me but I, it's my choice to do so right. and i so i thought it was good news that first of all we know where that girl is now and now i i lost my tab again but i so i'm doing a bad job because i lost her name um and then like several other women and and also that it, the internet has not been shut down it's been all over social media it's out it's out in the world i think that's i feel like i rushed through that really fast uh how dare you uh <laughs> you know how you know this is like my people like that no um i actually really appreciate you even talking about that uh yeah you know it, it, people one thing people don't understand like in iran um before the islamic republic uh before the revolution happened and the islamic republic took over and there was a shah there in place the shah for the most part didn't really allow people to even wear the hijab if he mm. wanted to be extremely sort of secular um and in terms of so I guess there was people who you know wanted to wear it, but you know I think the majority, like the 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 overwhelming majority of Iranian women, did not want to wear that, and mm -hmm. you know that was not part of their day to day life yeah. or fashion yeah. sense or anything. Um, revolution happened, then it became a law. When the law, you know, the, the, if you walk, no woman will walk around the street without her hijab. Because they'll, she'll be whipped. Yeah, you know, and it's no joke. Like, they don't give a fuck out there. Like, you know, there's this idea of having like um, Iranian human rights council organization mm -hmm. is an absolute fucking joke. Because mm. like, I wouldn't be shocked if the government is, is runs in and the government is the one that's doing the human rights violations anyway. Yeah. Um, when they're saying when they're arresting these women because they're uh, for disturbing the peace. It's because um, they don't have the freedom to, to, to what is that called? Like to freedom of speech. No, freedom. well, they, they don't have the freedom of speech. Really, they don't have the freedom to gather. No, what is the freedom to? Like, hear what they call oh. it? the freedom to get together or the freedom? <laughs> it's the freedom to get protest. together. Yeah, yeah, the freedom. They don't have the freedom to get together and, and uh, have tea. <laughs> no, the freedom. What is it? The freedom of protest? Like uh, whatever. It's something like that. Yeah. So they don't have that. So that's why that's technically so like when they're saying they're just violating the laws and the laws are basically against basic human civilian rights we, that we yeah, have here. Yeah. yeah. Um uh so it, it's great what they're doing. It's just the problem is that it it's just gonna take so much yeah. to overthrow that situation. Yeah. Um yeah, it's uh it's a thing that I just have not I feel super uneducated mm. on just when I was even uh before the last time we talked like the small amount that I read I was like wow I just I was not really educated on any of this like I don't really know what's going on and part of that is because I think a lot of it doesn't even come out uh via that like it's not it's it, it's not on the internet a ton and it's it's um it's not the way that social media is here where shit like blows up. Like it's kept pretty under wraps there. I feel like I also realized, um, I just feel generally uneducated about the entire, uh, 
thing. But I, but uh, I think I just thought this was so awesome because it's such a peaceful pro- protest, and the fact that it's like catching fire in the way that it right. is, um, that more people are being. And one of the women who was interviewed was like, "I hate violence. That's not what I'm trying to do." Yeah, and we're trying to like make. It, it seems like because the last time we talked, I was like, oh, I don't know. And it seems like everything's shutting down. And so to see that more and more people are standing up despite that is pretty cool. No, it is cool um, because women really bear the brunt of of that regime, of, of the negative aspects of that. I mean, pretty much all the aspects of that regime are negative. So they really women bear the brunt of it. Yeah. You know, um, so that's great to see that because just as, as an Iranian Iranian women are so tough and they're so they're so independent and they're so yeah. headstrong and um, the fact that you know they're having their, their own government you know really keep them down like this and sort of like yeah it's just um, and it doesn't surprise me and, and, and because the Iranian women uh, Iranian people in general the the the, the spirit is so strong and yeah. like they have such a strong pride in like our own culture and like this whole thing with Islamic Republic that's not our culture yeah. you know that's not who we are as a people that's not who the Iranian people are this is almost it feels like a foreign entity that's taken over that government that culture for the last like 30 something years but yeah. the Iranian people aren't that way and and if there's anything I would as an Iranian want like Americans and people in the western world to know that it's like Iranians love Americans love the western world love the all they want is to be able to live that way. Yeah, you know they want to be educated. They want to be, uh, they want to be aware of world events and and enjoy you know entertainment, and movies, and, and and music from all over the world and food from all over the world. They you know that's all they want. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. But I, I'm happy that definitely this situation is happening. I'm hoping that the the men in Iran also step up and and and, and support the women, support mm-hmm. the women. And I think a lot of people do because the good news is is that in in, in Iran, like seventy percent of the people are below the age of forty. It's a huge one of the biggest populations on earth of of just like of of youth and they're Young. educated youth. A lot That's of these people cool. have their masters. I mean, there's like educated youth. So it's like I really hope that because of that sort of like. That because of that youth, that you know, the energy would sort of come forth and and create help create some kind of change, and, yeah. and people be aware enough and be compassionate of, of each other. Empathy goes back to empathy, yeah, or um, empathy, mm-hmm. or that we, we say <laughs> as we say in uh, in Studio City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, that's my. Oh, there was also. I don't remember. I'm doing a bad job. I'm like these women are great. I don't know any of their names. That's <laughs> so awful. I just I lost my tabs, guys. But there's a, a another woman. Is my tab here? I've, <laughs> I walked me. out and I can't. God, find I it. forgot everyone's name here. I have to get out of this party. Um, <laughs> there's a woman who skydives all the time in Iran as a because that's really rare there I guess for a woman to be like I'm a skydiver mm-hmm. it's a, does not happen a lot and she's like I just want everybody to know that like women can do shit and awesome. it's cool yeah. um, that's awesome and in, in a country like Iran any little thing like that is a big deal because of how again how that government is and how mm-hmm. that government has sort of almost changed the culture you know what I'm saying like, yeah. yeah so that's I'm glad to hear that. Um, skydiving is fucking nuts to me. I can't. Have ever you ever? Picture. Do you have any desire to? Zero. Yeah. Like, 
I can't. I have a negative desire, like a negative three hundred yeah, same desire to. I can't even picture paying money, going, being flown into the sky, and then jumping out of the plane. I yeah, was, paying money, absolutely. Excuse me, no way. No way. I, I don't no think way. so. No, if it's free, <laughs> no, no, I never. It, I would do it maybe if someone was going to like die. I would say. Uh, if someone's I'll, like, "Hey, I'll uh, think about it." <laughs> your family member will die unless you jump out of this plane. Yeah, this then I guess I, I would. No, I know. I, I would too. I mean, you. I would have. It would be a situation where we'd have to, right? Like, yes. I saw a like a uh, uh, a call for like through my agency for like a Chevy commercial, and it was asking for people to be like, "What's something you've always wanted to do but you never have?" Like, submit that to us. And for some reason, at first, I was like, skydiving. And then I was like, no, that's not even true. Right, it's just uh, like the first generic thing you right. think of, of like, oh, I've always wanted to skydive. And then I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, oh, I always wanted to go to Bloomingdale's, but uh, <laughs> everything's really expensive, so I never it's went in. terrible there. I went to Sephora for the first time recently because I was trying to get makeup for some headshots. Nice. Sorry, this is a huge tangent. I got too scared and I left. I want. It was the one time in my life I wanted somebody to ask me if I needed help, and I just I didn't know. I thought that I knew like a decent amount about makeup. Mm-hmm. And it was just too much. Uh, it's crazy in there, you guys. I don't know, listeners. I don't know if you've ever been to a Sephora, but it's. It's bananas. It's it's really overwhelming. All I wanted was for somebody to look at my face and say, "This is for your face. This one color and leave." And it was too much. I left. I, I you know, here's the thing. I think the other one would have been a little much too. No, it's like, uh, excuse me, miss. This is for your face. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Walks off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know when I walk through like a Macy's or like a department store, yeah. and like you walk that area where it's like the makeup area, oh. it feels always hectic. Like people it's getting the makeup hectic. done, and it's sort of like it feels very hectic. Um, I, I don't the- know what's what, and it's all very expensive, which makes it feel more hectic. You're like, well, I better choose the right thing because this eyeshadow's seventy five dollars. Wow. It's bananas. I don't know. I'm never going. Shoot, I left. $75 to put a banana on your face? Yes. No, uh, thank The bananas you. there are $75. No, thank you. <sighs> Blueberries no, thank you. are $62. Yeah. Which uh, is a steal. I'd rather go buy makeup from Ralph's. Does yeah. Ralph sell makeup? Yeah, they do. That's they have crazy. a little, they always have a little spot uh, for like. Like, like maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. That, that slogan is the funniest thing in the world to me because the maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's an ugly bitch. It's like, kind of what it sounds like. like no, it's probably makeup. I'm sure that if that was like that song was in regards to other thing, like maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's polio. <laughs> uh, how do we get? Oh, stuff we've never done. Well, and I get. I feel like this is a good segue. Maybe I. Who knows if I'll put music here or not. to ask you now about a personal story aside from all the skydiving you've done personal a story. personal story it can be the same one you talked about before sure. or it can be different no i'll I do talk love about that, that story um i'll talk about the time where i went skydiving great life-changing skydiving i learned how to fly because your whole family was about to die and you finally and you stepped up you wait you learned how to fly no I'm yeah sorry i wasn't listening uh, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, where's my keys? Where are my keys? No. Excuse me, can I close my tab? So, uh, here's a story. Okay, so this is a, like, I'm talking about like, sort of a bad thing that ended up being really good for me. As At least, 
as an adult was like one thing that completely changed my life like in terms of uh just sort of made me who I am kind of today or at least put me on the track of who I am today um so when back in 2003 I got into an act car accident coming back from Las Vegas on the I15 um with a good friend of mine we were in his Honda Accord um it was during the day uh our rear left tire popped and the car just apparently spun out. I don't remember any of this. This is what I was yeah. told. So the car apparently spun out uh, in the middle of the freeway. And then it hit some type of like dirt ramp that's in the center of the, the highway. Oh, and then we kind of, I guess, got medium? airborne. Whoa. Yeah, or something like that. And then the car flipped over like three times and oh it landed God. on its roof. And then my uh, my friend who was a driver who like nothing happened to, to him, thank God. Um, he basically pulled me out. And at that time, uh, I guess the accident was so bad that there was a bunch of people that got out of their cars to come and, like, try to help. Uh, Uh One of them luckily ended up being, like, an ER nurse. Uh And then I guess she asked me, are you okay? And I told her my neck hurts or something like that. My back Uh hurt, my neck hurts. She said, okay. And then she held me down and she tried to wrap my neck with something. And then they called the hospital. I called the ambulance and the ambulance had to take me from there to Yorba 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 Linda, yeah, Yorba mm-hmm. Linda, which is in San Bernardino County, because um, the injuries ex- apparently were really extensive, so they couldn't take it to a county hospital. It took me to Loma Linda University Hospital, and so point is, so so basically, go there, and um, this happened on a Sunday. I woke up Mon- This is Sunday morning. I, I woke up on a Monday afternoon, uh. and then uh, at first, I really didn't know what was going on, and yeah. the doctor explained pretty much, you know, you've had an accident, your neck is broken in two places. Um, we're gonna have to do sur- emergency surgery to re- replace uh, one of the columns in that in your neck through your throat. Uh, I was like, okay, oh, oh that sounds God. terrible. Uh, <laughs> my biggest concern was when I the first thing I woke up and he says your neck's broken, and yeah. I remember I instantly panicked inside, and I remember moving my toes, moving my feet, and I was like, I can feel my feet, I can feel my feet, and he's like, yeah, you're not paralyzed, you you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Then from that moment, I wasn't scared. Yeah. Anymore, but I was just in un describable pain yeah oh my god i can't imagine um not just because of that the neck also because they were um they was basically the my elbow area was skinned all the way to the bone (gasps) oh my god and then there was all this fluid that had built up into in my arm so my arm was like Maybe giant? like 30 times the size. Oh my God. And you see my arms, my arms are giant right now. <laughs> no, but uh, so, uh, you know. Yeah. That's... I catheter in there. Like, I mean, in my, you know, in my, uh, in my junkie. That's why I call it my junkie <laughs> junk. But uh, so that was a nightmare. So I stayed in the, in the hospital for five days and uh, they were giving me, you know, morphine around the clock to the point that then my body got kind of hooked on a little bit. And so I detoxed when I... So then I came home uh, at my uh-huh. folks' house, and then I was basically bed rest for like two months. The first week was a nightmare because I had to sort of detox off that f- fucking morphine. Um, uh, yeah, I can't imagine that. that yeah, seems, that was a nightmare. And then just rough. the pain was unbelievable. Um, how old were you also? And this was, I was, in tw- I was 21. Okay. That, yeah. Oof. So I'm 36 now, so this is uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> my, ma- my math is bad. No, but uh, so... That stuff was really hard for the physical part of it. Yeah. I was in probably the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. The part that was the hardest, though, was 
came what came when once I came home. Like I was so I think maybe getting over the trauma of everything, mm-hmm. the pain itself, being in this sort of like neck brace, not literally being able to move, just lying in bed all day pretty much. And it, I was so depressed. Yeah. It was, yeah, I remember one day they had sort of rolled me into this bed thing in the living room and my family was there, a bunch of my friends, all these people that I care about so much. And I remember just sitting there and I felt like I was the only person on this earth. Like, yeah. I was the only thing in existence. Like, I felt so alone. Uh, it, 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 it truly was one of the most horrible times of my life. Well, I feel like trauma can be so isolating in that way because everybody else who's not experiencing the trauma you're experiencing, Absolutely. their life keeps going. And so it can, like, uh, it. I feel like you do. You feel like that's what completely it, alone. That's what it was. You know, I felt like my life completely stopped and everybody else was just moving. Yeah. Uh, just, just business as usual. And I remember... I remember one day just sort of crying on my bed and I, I, I remember, and I didn't know who the fuck I was talking to. I don't know. But at that moment I f- was so broken that I was just like out loud. I said, please, why did this happen to me? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a bad person. Why did this happen to me? Why did this have to happen to me? And I swear at that moment, like I just heard I just heard this voice in my head, like, I don't know if it was my own voice. I'm sure it was my own voice. But it felt like it wasn't coming from me. It yeah. felt like it, the thought wasn't mine. It, yeah. It's so hard to describe it. Yeah. I feel almost crazy describing it. But like, and the voice pretty much said, well, why not you? Why do other people have to suffer? Yeah. Well. But how, what, what, like basically saying like, what, why should I be immune to the suffering that happens mm-hmm. to other people all over this world every day? And I couldn't answer that question. Yeah. But I tell you, I swear on whatever I could swear on that, like at that moment, it felt like suddenly everything changed. Like everything changed. Wow. It was, I went from miserable mm-hmm. to like enlightened to like, too happy i mean i i can't describe it other than that it, it just it almost felt like for the first time in my life i understood like what like the reality of living was and what reality of being a, like a, a human was and like being yeah. an adult and and i always say there's two me's there's the me before the accident and the me after the accident because the way i was living my life is sort of like you know, just kind of getting in trouble and like, you know, dealing with drugs and like rolling with the wrong people and stuff like that. Yeah. After that, it sort of completely changed and it sort of put me on the trajectory of like becoming sort of the adult that I am now. And it's one of those situations where it was like, I would never wish that on my worst enemy. I would never want to go through something like that ever again. But I am so thankful that I went through it because it, it just completely changed me. Like yeah. it completely, it broke me down as a human being to my very core, to my very essence, and it helped me build myself back up again as like a stronger person. But more important than anything, I like talk talking going back to sort of like empathy, a more yeah. empathetic person, a, mm-hmm. a more like mature person, a more like confident person. And I don't know why it necessarily had that effect on me. I, I really don't. 
it almost sounds like a bullshit movie, like like a a pitch for a movie, you know, some like a. It sounds exactly like, like the movie Up to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> this was the original pitch for the movie Up, but they didn't take my pitch. They changed it around about a fucking husband who loses wife, it was fucking flying house. <laughs> you know, no, talk about this accident from Vegas. Um, and I was coming back from Vegas too. Um, uh yeah I uh sorry I don't I don't mean to interrupt you at all I where are my keys <laughs> I don't know anyone's name at this party um uh, good callbacks <laughs> I I think well I mean that's that's my script treatment you guys is like if you if you don't experience pain like what if what if if you woke up from that accident and life went back to normal, you know, like not, I feel like our darkest moments is also what brings us the most depth into lightest moments too. It's almost like the, Absolutely. what are those, the balls that go back and forth? Yeah. The, the jiggly balls. You, <laughs> no, no, the pendulum. Yeah. Thing. The yeah, pendulum yeah. like it swings each equal each way, no right, matter what. Right. And it's like, not to say that everybody should go out and feel some darkness, but I do. But I, I also feel like when you experience darkness, you also have there is the possibility of being of coming out the other side. Um, Absolutely. Uh, for me, if I didn't personally, if I didn't experience that darkness, I wouldn't be where I am today. And and, and obviously, that you know, there's a lot of things I'm still working on, but like, I the. the, the it, my future would have been much darker yeah had i not experienced that quote unquote darkness yeah you know um because it really showed it it it, it revealed to me who i was to myself and mm -hmm. like yeah i mean i just really can't say enough about it i, I can't say enough positive and negative things about it in terms yeah. of like how horrible the experience was but how important the experience was yeah I mean, I think that's, I mean, it is, it's almost like a movie. I think that's such an incredible story to have such like a defining moment in your life that you can pinpoint of like things, all of us, like a shift from one side to the other, uh, like uh, a huge mental, like a moment. I think uh, that's so me, crazy and there's cool. There's three main defining moments in my life, I think. Maybe four. Sorry, four. Five. I was born. Five. Four, four. Uh, one, I was born. Two, I came to this country. Mm -hmm. Three. I like that you count. I really like that you count being born. Uh, that was a defining moment in my life. It really was. I mean, I don't know uh, about you guys, but for me, that was important. Yes. Yeah, so, and then uh, fourth is when I decided I wanted to pursue being an actor. Yeah. Uh, when did that? When was that? afterwards i or during was again, it before another, or after uh, uh i mean another cliche thing like i think i wanted to be an actor i wanted to be, be a performer since i was like seven years old mm -hmm. but i didn't admit it to myself i really didn't even realize that until i was like in my late teens or early 20s yeah and i didn't think it was even a reality to even think about it's kind of like well everyone wants to fly but like would i sit here and think about like oh what if i could fly yeah that's what it felt like to yeah. me. like it felt impossible but about in around 2005 is when I said, okay, I'm going to start training for this. I'm going to mm -hmm. start doing this. And then 2008 is when I gave up pretty much everything and just sort of started to really pursue this. Yeah. And you were going to 
business school, right? Is it business? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was. I did. I graduated business school. Yeah, I got my M- MBA, and now I'm just paying a loan off and telling people I have an MBA. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's all that it did for me. No, I learned a lot. It, it was great. It was a great experience. If, if especially if it if it would have been free, it would have been a beautiful experience. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't free, so uh, there is uh, there is drawbacks. <laughs> to be honest, but no, but still, um, I feel like anytime any education that we get, any experience we get, it's yeah, it's a, it's a positive. And so. I do feel like it leads you to so many people don't end up even following what they went to school for, but I think it's really crazy to look back on your life and be like, if I hadn't met that person, then I don't know if I would have had this day that I had where I discovered this thing. Like it's just crazy to think about the thinking back on things and being like, I never thought I would be here because of this moment. Very important. So I'm glad you have an MBA. Thank you so much. (laughs) You wouldn't have been able to tell me about escrow the other night. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Uh, And if any any readers want to find out about escrow, uh, please contact us. We'll explain to you exactly what escrow is. We were talking about earlier, even before the podcast started, about how like most people don't know exactly what financing is and what like what escrow is and what escrow does and how real estate works. But I'm like, it's probably like one out of seven people who knows kind of who yeah. knows how it works and those people are usually people who've like studied it or been involved in it like kind of how i was so like yeah so uh if you're out there and you don't want to don't know what escrow is don't know what finance is don't feel bad about it just google it baby <laughs> just google it baby that's my new show by the way it's okay. just like just giving it advice and, and then at the end all saying, advice just google it google baby. it like a uh, uh, Peter, uh, what do I do with my son? Uh, he's not paying attention in, in class, and uh, he's talking back. Just Google, Just Google it, it, baby. <laughs> I like this person you've turned into yeah. in the Just like Google a horrible, it. Became like a horrible, became a horrible person. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, no, like a Arnold. What if Arnold Schwarzenegger had a normal accent, but the same mentality? But the same abrasive. Just Google it, baby. <laughs> I'll be back. Cut. Peter, you still have 35 minutes to go for your show. I said I'll be back, <laughs> baby. No, what what other like Arnold Schwarzenegger things are other than I'll be back? That's uh, um, nothing. All the, all I'm thinking of is plot points and not things he says. Right. Like Mars. Uh, uh, like, plot, <laughs> like a man that talks in plot points. I'm a uh, clone. I'm a clone now. I don't which know. movie was he a clone in? Uh, the Sixth Day. Did you ever see that? No, he was a clone in that movie. <sighs> yeah, it's great. It's a good. You should. I guess you should see it. Probably, it's I good. I have never seen. Um, he. The way that people tell that they are clones in this movie is they like pull down their eyelid and they have a little bump. Um, That's it's gross. like a yeah, it's gross. Like a little stat. Like it's just a little bump. And the amount of bumps you have means how many times you've been cloned. And oh, so wow. he has a moment in the movie where he's got like three, and he has you know, your classic existential crisis but then i saw that movie way too young and then my dad showed me he had like a weird thing with his eye where he had a bump that looks exactly Whoa. like the one in the movie and it and fucked me up <laughs> i mean it's He's obviously like, a, now it obviously means it's a thing folks comment uh in the comments let us know how many bumps you have how many bumps and how many clones you think you know you've been yourself or ben how do you even clones? know who you are who needs a car accident when you could have ha- you can have a clone existential moment? God, that I would think be who it. needs both, really. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I guess if you need an accident to wake you up, I guess that's what's gonna happen. And if you need a clone to physically wake you up because your alarm clock doesn't work, then that's what happens. <laughs> 
and that's part of my bit, folks. Uh, I'll be in uh, I'll be in Palm Desert all week. Oh, where's my tab? <laughs> I have to get out of here. Uh, uh, ma'am, you left your tab uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I cut off you talking your story, but I think it's I think it's one of my most favorite stories. Oh, thank you, Trace. No, you yes. didn't cut it off at all. Okay, uh, great. It was pretty much. We were ready to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger. We did it at the right time. <laughs> Sometimes it's I guess it just it, it, when the spirit moves you. We gotta gotta talk some Arnie. <laughs> yeah, if the spirit moves you, let it groove you. Let your <laughs> love come down. Add it on my chest. Um. <laughs> Skip that, spat that, she that, boop, 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 poop turns me on. Um, Peter, thank you so much for being thank here you so much for having today. Me. Thank you, you for coming back. Absolutely wonderful. This is a great uh, show, and thank you for having me. I'd love to come back soon. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, come back, come back. Um, guys, you can follow. I'll do a whole thing. I always record a thing at the beginning and sure, the end. Sure, sure. Where where I just tell people where to find you so you don't have to. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm. Probably. So I guess. Yeah, so bye listen, guys. So uh, listen to Hannah, folks, and find me wherever wherever she tells you. But, you I know, know where my, he's at. My deal, yeah, so. I'll tell you guys. I probably already did. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This Good news awesome. later. Yes. See you guys. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye bye. Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.